Concept. 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 Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show called Concept. I am your host, Daniel Spencer. And just a quick explanation of what this podcast is. Each season, I will be going through different concept albums and talking about kind of the, the narrative in them and song by song, almost as if we're doing an episode by episode recap of a TV show. And at the end of it, I will be working with my guest for that season to create a song that either goes with or is an alternate universe something uh, that ties into the album that we were talking about. So, welcome to Concept. For this season, we will be covering one of the first and biggest concept albums out there, uh, the rock opera Tommy by The Who. And my guest for the whole season will be Tracy. Hello, Dan. I'm very Hello, excited. Tracy. Little feel like I'm in a little over my head, but I think this will be good. I don't think you're in over your head, but I I like that you feel that way because I think that brings a good energy to it. Yeah, personally. I'm really excited. My name is Daniel. They, them pronouns. I am in North Carolina. I've been a huge music fan for a very long time. And I do several podcasts. I've got one called Bike Brigade that is an actual play podcast playing through kids on bikes, which is a very fun system. I am on The Fourth Journal, which is a Gravity Falls recap podcast. And I am on a podcast called Apotolesma, which is an actual play podcast right now going through the game Occult, which is a GM-less RPG. So that's me, Tracy. Tell them about you. So I am Tracy, and I use she, her pronouns, and I live in Wisconsin, which you might be able to pick up as I'm talking. <laughs> Listen for it, see if you can hear it. Anyway, but I started podcasting with a podcast called Paper News Out Loud, and now I am on the podcast of Podolesma with Dan as well. So Fantastic. That's that. Indeed. So I had reached out to you and asked you to be the guest for this season, Yeah, and you agreed. What is your familiarity with the album Tommy? Um, I had never heard of it before you asked me to be on this podcast. And in fact, I didn't really know what a concept album was. So I'm glad you explained that to me. So yeah, I listened to it and didn't quite understand it. But then getting into like looking up the Wikipedia, looking into the lyric, like comments on genius lyrics and things like that, I feel like I understand the story a little more, but I don't know how people have just gotten the story from the song. And then the movie, which I didn't watch, but I read the synopsis of also helps like put those pieces together. But yeah, before very recently, I had never heard of the album. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. So I got familiar with this album when I was a junior in high school. One of my friends had suggested it and I had to have oral surgery for a thing when I was younger Mm -hmm. and like that was just when I had started listening to Tommy and so like I really relate this album with that specific time in in my life. How old were you when you first listened to this do you think? 16. Okay. That was a long time ago. Have you listened to it a lot since then or is it like I've listened to it a lot since okay then. yeah because I was thinking about it, like it's not an album where I could just pick out songs really and just you know listen to them in the car and jam along to them it's something where I feel like you sit down like you're going to watch a movie you listen to the whole 
album pretty much because it's a story exactly. and not just something that i would sing along in the car to for the most part yeah there's one song on the album that i think is kind of a more general appeal mm-hmm. and that's pinball wizard it's the one that has you know got the most right. popular and charted the most but everything else kind of fits a little bit more into the story and and mm-hmm. standing out on its own isn't right you know that's not the point do you, I guess this might be getting a little ahead of ourselves, but do you feel like you experience the album differently now as you're older than you did when you were 16, like the first time you listened to it? Definitely do. Yes. Yeah. I understand a whole lot more than I did back then. Mm. And I mean, there's some truly terrible stuff that happens in this. It's uh, incredibly in sad and disturbing it is. in a lot uh, of ways. It's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot. There's quite a bit. We've done a lot of kind of talking about our experiences. Let's get a little bit more into the album itself. Mm-hmm. Tommy was released by Decca Records. Decca Records is just fun to say. <laughs> Decca Records. That was pretty yes. good. Thank you for right? having me do that. So The Who released it through Decca Records on May 17th, 1969. Yep. Pete Townsend, the guitarist of The Who, the big, you know, he's got the windmill, all that. He wrote most of the album. He was inspired by a spiritualist, Meher Baba, yep. who took a vow of silence from 1925 until his death in 1969, which is, it's a long time yeah. to commit to silence. It's very impressive. And it's been adapted into other media Mm-hmm. Uh, a few different times. So in 1970, Le Grand Ballet Canadien adapted it into a ballet with a light show. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I can imagine that light show was absolutely beautiful. In 1971, the Seattle Opera produced the first professional production of Tommy at the Moore Theater with Bette Midler playing in two roles as Tommy's mother and as the Acid Queen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's very that's interesting. layered. That's really that's, interesting. That's very, very weird considering uh, right. some of the interpretations of that song. Right. The London Symphony Orchestra produced a concert of Tommy with The Who and a guest cast, including Steve Winwood, Richie Havens, Ringo Starr, Richard Harris, and Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the version that my mother grew up on. Okay. Mother, father, and I all have very similar tastes in music, and we all had three different versions of this album that we grew up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she with the London Symphony Orchestra, my dad with the movie soundtrack. In 1975, mm-hmm. it was made into a movie directed by Ken Russell. Ken Russell makes some choices in his movies. <laughs> he is not a subtle director. Okay. Uh, and Tommy is no exception. Roger Daltrey, who sings for The Who, plays mm-hmm. Tommy. And Pete Townsend, Keith Moon, and John Entwistle, the rest of The Who, have other roles. Also in the movie, Anne Margaret. Oliver Reed, Elton John, Tina Turner, Eric Clapton, Arthur Brown, and Jack Nicholson. Very star-studded cast. I was really surprised by that. Star-studded like, cast. Elton John was in this? Amazing. Oh, Elton John is the kid in Pinball Wizard. Oh, yeah. Holy hell. So good. <laughs> a lot of the characters, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but a lot mm-hmm. of the characters are just the blank rather okay. than having specific names, and I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That was but, really interesting. Uh, so yeah, he's the local. The movie was released in theaters in quintaphonic sound. I don't know what that means. There were four speakers basically in each quadrant of the theater, and then another right behind the screen. And they used multi-tracking to like have just this bit on the left side or on the left back quadrant or whatever for a very immersive mm-hmm. theater experience. It also added some songs to the soundtrack from other Who albums, particularly from the Who Sells Out, but didn't really change a whole lot in the story itself. 
Mm-hmm. And then in 1992, a Broadway musical was created by Pete Townsend after he broke his wrist and wasn't able to play guitar for a while. And he worked with director Des McAnuff, uh, or McAnuff, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, mm-hmm. uh, with one additional song being created for it, I Believe My Own Eyes, which was a song Tommy sang about his parents. It was a commercial success, winning a Tony Award for the director and for the choreographer Wayne Salento. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of my favorite albums. I have it on vinyl because I'm that. <laughs> You're that guy. Uh, I'm, I'm that. Yep. I'm that person. And I don't know. It's just a really great album. Yeah. Uh, Are you ready to get into the first episode? I sure am. Did you see, did you say this already? But there was a Bluegrass remake in 2015. Oh, yeah. I forgot to put that in my notes. Yeah. I haven't listened to it, but Townsend and Daltrey, they gave their blessing for it. And then the. Hillbenders covered the whole album, and the performance of the bluegrass version has been critically praised, according to Wikipedia. Nice. So, I'm yeah. definitely going to have to check that out, because I do love me some bluegrass. Yeah. And how do you say his name? Townsend? Townsend. Townsend. It says he met with the group after their performance in Nashville. So, like, yeah. Nice. that's I, I don't know. I think that's really cool. I think it'd be a really interesting take to make it bluegrass, so yeah. I will have to listen to that later. As a guitar player, mandolin player, and banjo player, I... Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah, I do love me some bluegrass. I guess before we get into the first episode, mm-hmm. quote unquote, I will go a little bit into my musical history. So yeah. I played trombone when I was in middle school and then picked up bass guitar when I was in high school. And that just kind of opened the floodgates to learning guitar and mm-hmm. then mandolin and banjo. And I play the keyboard as well and drums and have been creating music in one way or another since I was probably about 14 or 15 Mm -hmm. really was when I started like writing my own stuff. And I do all of the music for Bike Brigade as well. Mm -hmm. So I do love creating music. How about you? What's your musical history, Tracy? My experience with music is that I played clarinet in middle school. I was very good at it. I learned really fast, but then I didn't continue with band in the high school. I took art instead. But otherwise, I mean, like, trying to learn guitar off and on for the last decade and a half. The the hard thing that I always had is I'm not a singer. I want to be a singer, but I don't think I sound very good when I sing. So that's been really hard to get over because when you play guitar, you want to sing because my dad played guitar and my brother is extremely musical. Just like he can pick up an instrument, learn how to play it. He plays everything. But yeah, so I have not been very musical, I guess. Like, obviously listening to music, of course, but I, I, you know, the middle school, like I had the -the over-the-ear headphones and, you know, just laying and listening to music for hours at a time, but not creating it. I did try to write song lyrics again in middle school, so I should try to find those because it'd be terrible. But yeah, I used to really want to be like a songwriter, but that didn't Amazing. that didn't go anywhere. We'll see. Well, I, I got am, time. I am very much looking forward to working with you on creating a song. Yes. Based off our conversations with everybody else. Yeah. Throughout the uh, the whole thing. I did so. kind of forget about that. I was like, oh yeah, we are doing that. I have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I will be Exciting. Uh, taking notes. Yes. So let's get into our first episode and it's a two-parter mm-hmm. talking about Overture and It's a Boy. Yeah. Overture has a whole lot of plot in it for us to get through. I'm joking. There's very (laughs) little. Uh, It is like a standard Overture. It gives like a quick introduction and a musical rundown of all of the music we're about to hear. Mm -hmm. It opens on very significant guitar strums and the bass, drums, and piano are all in there as well with the, you know, hitting the kind of percussive 
mm-hmm. beginning of the strum. And it builds for about 30 seconds before horns come in, playing the primary theme. And there's just something about it that's that feels very... Regal's not the right word, but like feels like a production. It feels like you're getting into something grand. Like you're sitting down at the theater. It's a good intro. It is a great intro. And very quickly in, we get Keith Moon's incredible drumming. (laughs) Keith Moon was a phenomenal drummer. Mm -hmm. But the, I mean, the whole song is basically just bits of the songs that we're about to hear. You don't get the vocals, but it's just the, it's the musical, it's an overture. Right. Can I read what? the only words in the overture are. Yeah. Yes, please do. So it's Captain Walker didn't come home. His unborn child will never know him. Believe him missing with a number of men. Don't expect to see him again. Which in the notes is he's at war and he's MIA. So not expecting him to come home. That's a simple setup Mm -hmm. for the album, I think. It's a good way, I think, to set Mm -hmm. almost a prologue to the story, right? So it's around World War One, which was... You know, 1914 and 1918. We don't get a specific year that it's there. We do get a specific year. Next episode, we'll be talking about that specific year, but... (laughs) Yes. That's after a flash forward. So Captain Walker was fighting for the Brits and went missing. Mm -hmm. And his widow, Mrs. Walker, is pregnant and will be giving birth to a baby who will never know its father. A good way but a dark way to start the story. Right, yeah. I like the foreshadowing where it says believe him missing with a number of men because it's not conclusive. You know, it doesn't, yeah. he's never found. It leaves it very right. open for what happens later in the album. Like, as we know in horror movies especially, if you don't see mm-hmm. a body, they're probably not dead. Or Game of Thrones, if you don't see them actually die, they probably aren't dead. Right. So then we move on seamlessly into Mm -hmm. uh, the next chapter in the story. It's a boy. We get the solo horn back in. We've got this music and then just it immediately ends and the horn comes in like a baby coming into the world. (laughs) Yeah. The fanfare announcing the sun. It's just a sun, a sun, a sun. And so do you want to read us the, the lyrics for this one? I would love to. It's a boy, Mrs. Walker. It's a boy. It's a boy, Mrs. Walker. It's a boy. A son, a son, a son. So it's just very excited, which for such a sad album, it has such a like positive. Well, I mean, the overture is not a positive start. Like, oh, your husband is missing. He'll never see his child. Like, that's very sad. Then you get this and it's like a little celebration. Like, even though you've lost your husband, it's really shitty. But now you have a beautiful, healthy baby boy. And it's interesting when the Who started to sit down and like write a concept album. Originally, they were going to go with one where it was like a post-apocalyptic future. Mm. Uh, Everyone was able to choose the sex of their baby. Mm -hmm. And so this couple chose to have four girls, but instead they had three girls and a boy. This is kind of a holdover from that Mm -hmm. of them saying, oh, ooh, it's a boy. Yeah. Uh, But they kept it and turned it into a more positive thing. Right. So a completely Uh, different connotation in this case. Well, I read when they were doing the concept album. So it was their fourth studio album, right? Mm -hmm. But before that, there were like threats of them. Well, not threats, but the potential of them breaking up, that things weren't going so great. And then Townsend came up with this idea for the album, did an interview, talked a lot about it. And then the band was really enthusiastic about it. And this. like kind of really saved them because it was so critically successful like when it came out which is really amazing it's 
fantastic uh, mm-hmm. because like the who is a very influential band yeah so we don't have like a whole lot of plot to rearrange right but how could you see with the plot that we get in this uh, in this two-parter mm-hmm. how could you see that going differently well i think in one way wait what do you mean like alternate universe kind of thing or yeah if we were to do alternate universe because at this point like i know that you know the whole story of it right right we'll be having this conversation with all of our guests that'll either be what do you think will happen next or how could you see it going differently and so for this one i think how do you see it going differently might be better since you know where it's going next right well i was thinking about so if it was a girl how that would change the story or the tone of it or anything just that different yeah how would that change it I like that. But yeah, that'd be that's that'd like be a very, very obvious one. Yeah, I would be interested to see what would have happened if Captain Walker had come home. Mm-hmm. If he had never gone missing, right? Mm-hmm. How would this boy's life have gone differently? Yep. I mean, it would have been very different. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there. I think him being missing is pretty much the catalyst to every single event in yeah, the that's album. Why it's a real good prologue. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that's going to do it for our first episode. Thank you so much for listening in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, all the all your app catchers. Mm-hmm. And if you want to find us on the interwebs, you can send us an email at conpodceptcast at gmail.com. Let me tell you how hard it is to find an email <laughs> for a podcast called Concept. It's hard. Yeah. And so I think we're probably going to be the same Twitter at ConPodSeptCast. Mm-hmm. So find us there on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dantendo64. And you can find me on Twitter at Adeals Warlock. All right. Well, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.